Hello, and welcome to the Get French Football News Preview Show. I'm Eric Devin, and we have the band back together at last as Nathan Staples returns to join Adam White and myself. Nathan's return is a happy one. Things are rather less so for French sides in Europe as our quest to bring you instant reaction to the Champions League and Europa League each Thursday may soon prove quixotic given their performances this midweek. Monaco fell 2-0 to Juventus at home with a double from Gonzalo Higuain leading the way for the visitors. Juventus were imperious, but Monaco did have a few decent chances only to be frustrated by a strong match from Gianluigi Buffon. Leon's task of progression was also made difficult as their trip to Amsterdam to face Ajax in their Europa League semifinal so Legon hammered 4-1. Both keepers made some fine saves and entertaining affair, but Leon's horror defending made Bertrand Traore and Hakim Ziyech look like world beaters. That is the latest news for now. Do be sure to follow us on Twitter at GFFN and visit our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com. Well, let's start then with the events from the Stade Louis de Monaco and their loss to Juventus. Adam, Danny Alves was rolling back the ears in fine fashion. He was arguably... Uh, Juventus' most important player. Uh, so my question for you off the bat is, did Leonardo Jardim overreach in playing Gibraltar City Bay out of position at left back? I know he's a dynamic presence going forward. I know a first leg lead would be really important for Juventus. But would Andrea Raggi have done a better job? And is this a mistake for Jardim? Was he forced to do this? Um, it's an interesting question because this is the type of thing that you could take from one of two sides. I think... First of all, Sidibia at left-back isn't too far a position. He played there a lot for Lille last year. He was very, very good uh, at left-back for Lille in, in Ligue 1 last year. And to be honest, I, 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 he, he sort of made the position his own in, in, uh, in Lille's team. Um, it's whether Jardim feels that he had to stay true to the way Monaco have been playing this season. And by playing Sidibia at full-back over Raji, he keeps that kind of... Um, almost those two wing backs rather than Raji being a more orthodox defender. Um, so I, I feel like going with Sadiq Benapishin said that he's going to keep Monaco's identity and he's going to try and play as he has against Dortmund and Manchester City and, and score the goals that they did in, in those games and, you know, attack, which is what makes, has made Monaco good this season. But if you play Raji there, you do kind of recognise the fact that Juventus are set up slightly differently to many teams Monaco have played so far this year. And you recognise the fact that 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 three five two that Juventus play that, that well those well at least Danny Alves's position that he's a very very attacking fullback and that he he will he'll be able to cause a lot of problems for for the for the Monaco defence when their fullbacks are pushed on. There's so much space as we've discussed before on the pod um, in behind Monaco's fullbacks, and that's something that Juventus were able to exploit. And Alves in particular is a master of doing that. We know that. His time at Juventus, obviously at Barcelona, sorry, and obviously with Juventus, that he he's going to thrive on that. So it's whether Jardin he sort of backed himself or whether he decided to, to 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 sort of counter Juventus. And I think he went with at home first leg. They needed the lead. I think he went to attack, and I think that's a perfectly reasonable decision. And I I, I would have done the you know I'm obviously not in the same position as Jardim. I'm not a football manager at all. But if it was me, I would have done the same thing. So, and so I can understand the rationale for doing that, but. Raji perhaps would have provided a, little, a lot more cover in that position, and perhaps you know they wouldn't be so exposed down that that left hand that, down that side. So I think it's a perfectly reasonable decision. But but with Juventus three at the back, they played yesterday with Rosalie Chiellini and Benucci, who are obviously fantastic, the best defence in Europe by by some distance, if if you ask me, and, and probably many people, it's hardly a, an original opinion. But Monaco were going to find it different coming up against that style of defence and that style of team. So perhaps this may have been the case where he could have, you know, tinkered a little bit with the side and perhaps been a little bit more conservative. But I, I don't think that you can complain at that decision at all. I think, especially at home, first leg, they need, they need to try and go for it, I think, because the way it's going to be tough, it's going to be tougher now. But I think it's perfectly reasonable from John in. Yeah, I, I think that's a personally uh, perfectly reasonable assessment. I, I might have some questions not about CD Bay, in general, but CB Bay not having played a match in nearly a month. I think that would be more mm -hmm. my, my cause for, for concern. Uh, Nathan, Timothy Bakayoko is another player who struggled in this match, uh, as did a lot of Monaco's younger players to some degree. Uh, is this a good lesson that they can take forward, or is this the kind of thing that could see their confidence flag as they try and close out the title race? No, I think this is something they can learn from and, and take as a learning experience because this Juventus side is 
probably the most balanced in Europe at the moment in terms of being uh, an incredible defensive unit. Um, the fact that they can have Sami Kadira suspended, who's been excellent this season, and then bring in Claudio Marchisio is a luxury afforded not to many. And to have uh, the array of attacking talent as well that's willing to not only be dangerous in the final third, but put the effort into to um, working the defensive units as well, personified by Mario Mandzukic. They, they are a really, really good team. And, and it's the team that Monaco probably looking at the three in those semi-finals that they didn't want to face. They knew if they played Real Madrid that they may be a bit more offensive and, and are maybe a little bit more creaky at the back. Uh, Atletico maybe have struggled at times this season to score goals in periods. So it, they were probably more of the better options they wanted other than a Juventus side that can soak up the pressure that they're going to put on. Um, I, I didn't think Monaco played too poorly. I think a lot of people are overreacting to how Monaco played. They were just stifled by a team that's so good at suffocating the life out of you, especially once uh, Gonzalo Higuain had put them in front. And you're right to point out someone like Timu Bakayoko, who did struggle really, he gave away a couple of poor balls, a couple of mis his mistakes led to goals. I mean, he doesn't track Gonzalo Higuain for the first, although he, he runs back well initially, he just didn't concentrate on the play behind him. And then he loses the ball uh, in the lead up to the second. Um, is it a case of nerves? Maybe. Also him being, having not played um, at the weekend and, and wearing that face max because of the, the broken nose, that had been affecting him during warm-ups. There was reports that he was taking it off and on. He was he was unsure of playing with it. Whether that affected him as well is another question because whilst it's been in the case with other players wearing it and not having an issue, it's not something that we can take too lightly if he's not quite comfortable in that. And it, it just seemed to pass him by a little bit. I think that the way um, Juventus sent up in this three-five-two that's a little bit of a, of a strange one at times where it, it turns in almost into a 4-2-3-1 and, uh, with uh, Danny Alves pushing for, further forward, who was, as we've already mentioned, superb. But this will be a learning experience for a lot of them. I think that some of them still played reasonably well. I thought Bernardo Silva at times when he was on the ball had that little bit of magic. I thought Mbappe has a couple of chances that uh, are difficult ones in all honesty. He tries to put too much on a header and um, the one where he, he makes that lovely darting run to the front post like he can, he probably does as, as as well as he can with that kind of chance. Other than that, there was little bit tidbits here and there. I thought Dirar was average at times. You've already mentioned Sidibe. He was caught out on several occasions, but in the end, this is just more of a case of a team with real quality shining through against a team that's not quite at that kind of level. Yeah, and I, I think also in back Diokos defense, we should remember that this is a player who, yeah, he's 22, he'll be 23 in the summer, but he's also someone who's had a really injury hit career. And in a lot of ways you could argue this is his first full season uh, in the professional game. He, he hasn't played more than 20 matches in the league until this season, actually. And that's not down to form or ability. It's, it's down to injury. He had serious injuries at Ren and, in his first two seasons at Monaco as well. And I think that we should give him a, a fair modicum of credit and hopefully he can stick with Monaco for at least one more season and continue to develop as he needs to. Oh, finally, Adam, talk to me about Juventus. Nathan's already mentioned it, and I fully agree with him. I, for me, one of the more complete performances I've seen across the Champions League. I didn't watch the group stages uh, that assiduously, but I think certainly the knockout rounds, at least, at least the quarterfinals onward, that's one of the more complete performances I've seen, uh, perhaps barring Juventus' win over Barcelona. Huh, we see a trend here. Uh, hmm. Going forward, are there any weaknesses to attack for that second leg? Do Monaco have any chance? Uh, I, I would like to say yes, but <clears throat> I think this is a Juventus team that are very much at the peak of their, the peak of their game. They're in their prime. Um, you look at the team and you've got a Buffon who's never won a Champions League, which is a ridiculous thing to say, what a career he's had and he hasn't won a, a European Cup. And you look at the defence, Bonucci, Chiellini, Bizzagli, all sort of into their 30s now, like they're at a, which is perfect for an Italian defender. Higuain's 29, Quadrado 28, Mandzukic 30, Pranch is 27, Kadira 30 as well. And then every second they're a team that's very experienced and very much sort of at the peak of their, you know, they're coming to the end, but they're, you know, they're at the peak of their powers on the European stage. And I think, if they don't win the, the Champions League 
this season, it would be a, a bit it'd be a disappointment for them. Um, with Pablo Dybala coming in and really hitting his stride over the last sort of 18 months or so as well, they've really got that X factor playing off Higuain. He's been fantastic and was brilliant against Barcelona. It's so difficult to pick weaknesses in this team. Um, there's no, I don't think there's any suspensions for the next leg. And even if you look at players that come in, he could come in if they're injured between now and then. You know, Medi Benatia, uh, Mario Lamina, Stefan Lichsteiner, those sort of players. You know, they're very, very good replacements. So. I think in European terms, Juventus at the moment are kind of set up to win these type of games because they've got so much quality, they're brilliantly organised, they're combative, they can play against any type of team. So for Monaco's point of view, with their much more youthful exuberance, so they're kind of team that, as Nathan said, you know, Juventus are going to kind of gobble up a little bit. So I really can't see much hope for Monaco. The, the only maybe glint of hope is that they can turn the tables a little bit on Juve and start quickly in in in, in Turin and perhaps exploit the space behind their wing backs. But then they're opening themselves up, and if they concede, you know, well, they need three as it is, but it's going to be very very difficult to score that many goals against a, a defence that didn't concede in either leg against Barcelona or against Monaco, who are probably the two most proficient teams going forward in the Champions League this year. So. I think the 2-0 lead, you know, 1-0 is a glimmer of hope, perhaps, you know, get a goal and then, you know, who knows, but two goals is a very, very difficult, very, very, very difficult sort of mountain to climb for Monaco. So, unfortunately, I really can't see much hope for them at all. I think Juventus, all they need to do is shut this game down. And they did that at the New Camp wonderfully well. So, I, I think it's going to be a bit of a repeat performance for them. And, unfortunately, for Monaco, this may be sort of, you know, the end of the line for them. But they've had a fantastic season and it's, there's still lots of things to do. And, you know, winning the league looks like that it's going to be theirs. And, you know, as it, this may be a step too far, but they can be very proud of how they've done so far. So I wouldn't be too disappointed if I was a Monaco fan. Semi-final Champions League with the where they were last season is fantastic. So maybe not final, but I think that's OK. And Juventus, I'd expect to, to, to be anybody the, the way they're playing. So unfortunately, not much hope for Monaco as far as I see it. Yeah, the last time Monaco conceded a goal in Europe was match day five of the group stage. <laughs> to keep that in perspective, that is quite quite the run. Uh, beating yeah, beating conceded against Porto either in the in the round of sixteen. So, really, a very impressive team, as you both rightly say. Um, let's turn our attention now, uh, Nathan. Unless you got anything to add, I think that we <laughs> you've got a dissenting opinion about th- their progression. <laughs> uh, no. Um... Again, they would have to either start fast or Leonardo Jardim's going to have to pull something incredible out of the bag. But I think Juventus have got it, really. All right, well, let's look at our other league on the side involved in Europe. Um, and that's Ajax's 4-1 for win over Leon. Nathan, this was a calamitous performance. And while Leon did miss a fully fit Quarantin to Liso and Alexander Lacazette until he came on late on, the defense was more at fault than any other set of players. The center backs have taken a lot of the flack, but I don't think Christophe Jallet and Jeremy Morel distinguished themselves to any great level either. Uh, that said, Bruno Genesio's choice of Nicola and Kulu was a strange one, uh, given he's not featured that, that much this season. But were personnel or, or tactics have really made a difference here, or were Ajax just simply too irresistible on the evening? It's a strange one, isn't it? Um, I was worried about this time when it was initially announced in the sense that I've seen Ajax a few times this season, and... In these kind of games, if you allow a young, inexperienced team to gain confidence early on, then it can kind of run away from you, and that's exactly what happened. Um, they were pretty good for the first 20 minutes, to be honest, Leon. They, they controlled the game. They didn't really create anything completely uh, clear-cut in terms of goal chances, but they, they were certainly on top and really restricted Ajax, which was the thing you need to do. But a lucky goal, really, it, it, I think... There's a couple of things there that it only gets the faintest of touches, but it's not the best goal to concede. It's, but it, it collapses absolutely in on itself from there. I thought that, like you mentioned, Nikola Nkulu was awful. I don't think um, Diakabe was much better next to him. And then same with the fullbacks. They were pretty poor as well. And then the midfield in front of him uh, was frankly non-existent, really. I mean, a lot of the goals tended to be from individual mistakes for coming out from the back anyway. But I want to point out someone who usually is relatively good in these kind of situations and should be, and that's Maxime Gonalon, who was frankly awful, really. I can't believe, especially after that first 25 minutes, how bad he was in this game. He gave the ball away. Um, he provided not enough protection for a defence, especially when you've got so many attacking players already on the field. And it, he commits the ultimate... Cardinal said, I think I can't remember if it's the third goal or the fourth. I think it's the fourth goal 
where he puts his hand up for an offside. Uh, the player's not offside. He's concentrating on someone in front of him. Um, and he allow he stands still. I got told when I was about six, when I started playing centre-back, that if, if when we get to the point where we play offsides, which is far enough, but practice it now, hold your hand up and run and continue without it. And he stood still. And the reason, and he stood still, and a goal happened around him, and that just personified Leon's performance, really, where they were personnel-wise not good enough. Um, they made you're right, maybe some someone like Mamana or Yapumangu Yangambiwa, who's been better recently um, in the side, but uh, tactically, it's a tough one without Toliso in there because do you play three midfield against a side you're expected to play reasonably well against them with so many attacking options? I'm not sure. So, but it all comes down to, again, the problem that Leon's had this season, which is just individual mistakes, individual lapses of concentration. And it's absolutely cost them here because uh, there's no way back really from this. Yeah, I, w- I would have to agree. That was the, the last goal. I think the ball, the ball across from the left was the itch. Yeah, uh, I was pretty disappointed in Leon's captain as well. I think a four-three-three might have uh, helped Leon out a little bit more. I, I think that Tussar, uh, you know, may look a little bit overwhelmed by the occasion. He he also was one that really wasn't at the races. Bringing in someone like Jordan Ferry, who's got a little bit more experience in Europe uh, and and can play that play as more of a box-to-box player, I think might have might have helped things out. But I, I think it's water in the bridge at this point. Not not a great performance. Um, Adam, turning to you, Matthew Valbuena and Anthony Lopez were arguably Leon's best players on the night, and they've been pretty consistent all season. Um, so I, I guess along with that, what's next for this club in terms of, of, re, of a restructure? Uh, Memphis Depay is still a doubt. The team have a mixed mixed record with veteran transfers. Uh, is this sort of money that they're they're going to have, both from the sale of, of Lacazette, the sale of Taliso, the Chinese investment, is this something better spent on younger players within Liga, maybe even suffering a year out of Europe? Or do they kind of, or do Leon try to continue advancing in this same, in this same mold, relying on academy products and bringing in perhaps uh, veteran players that are looking to re- rehabilitate their careers? I'm thinking the likes of Nkulu, Yago Mbiwa, Valbuena, uh, Morel, that we've seen brought in in recent seasons, Jale. Some of these players have worked out. I think Jale and Valbuena have been decent on the whole. But... Mm. It does seem a, a bit of a destructive path in terms of sustainability for Leon. How would yeah. you how would you like to see this club move forward? I think Leon are in you know a decent position. I think first of all that the season for them in European terms has been a success. They, they you know the semi final of the Europa League is 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 a, de- is a very good return relief really, on on their European season. I know they would have hoped for like I stage of the Champions League, but they you know they've they've had some some really good performances and some. Some good wins, and to get to this to this point is a is a, is a, is a positive. Um, I guess you know it's obviously tinged with you know disappointment given the performance last night, which was shambolic as we defensively at least as we as as, as you guys mentioned. But I, th- I think that has to be taken aboard on, on board at least that they they would have hoped to get to the final having drawn Ajax, and perhaps the, on paper you would perhaps expected them to. Um, but it's still a positive in terms of where they go from here. I think I, I personally would like to see Leon. Sort of take Monaco's take a leaf out of Monaco's book a little bit in that there are younger players in league and league is a very very good league for young developing talent as we've seen the way Monaco have recruited players like Tondemar, Bakayoko, those sort of players. And I think given the money that the Lyon will get for Lacazette, definitely Caliso perhaps, um, the, the investment coming in, they're going to be have the opportunity to to really sort of garner the best talent from from the rest of the league. And I think that not only would stand stand them a good set in, in European terms as we've seen again Monaco. Okay, again there's. It's it's case specific as in, in a certain respect in that um, Monaco have done very well to pick up those players and they've, they've nurtured them really well. Jardim's picked a, a style that suits them, but I, I think Lyon are perfectly within the capability to do something similar. And, and and I think it's a model that you know the the, the league and clubs below PSG or at least in terms of resources below PSG um, could follow because. As I said, there's not just talent in in Liga, there's talent in 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 Liga too. As we've seen, promoted sides pick out the best talent in Liga and, and do very well in Liga. And Angers being a, a good example, when they got promoted, they only really carried nine or ten players across from from Liga. So there's there's a lot of talent which is cheap and largely untapped and largely sort of an unknown quantity in some regards in Eastern European terms. So I think Lyon have have the opportunity to to spend that money if they spend it wisely. I think they would need to. That would be the the, the paramount uh, question in. in in this scenario, so that how they spend it and, and who they spend it on. But if you if you look at their squad, it does need an overhaul, and I'm not sure they could continue with the 
the, that, the, the, the policy that you mentioned in, in signing big players like Depay and spending the money and bringing the, the, the veterans, because I'm not sure that their, their academy in recent times has necessarily produced the amount of first-team players that they would have hoped for. I know two stars coming in and done well this season, and obviously there are a number of examples of them, but I don't know if it's as widespread as they're wanted. So um, I would like to see them perhaps and extend the policy to, to, to the rest of league and I think there's a lot of talent there and they could really build a really good side because it does need an overhaul. I think entirely defensively would be where they need to start. There's, I'm not sure anybody, anybody aside Diakabi is, 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 has a long-term future in that defence. I know that Shelley's come in and done well, but he's 33 now. Mamana's been in and out of the side and injured in the last few weeks and obviously has a future, did, was good, very good in Argentina, but he's going to need some development and they need reinforcements there and full-backs too. So I, I think you could look at players in sort of the middle rung of teams in the league, and like Issa Diop would be a great fit for them. Um, I know that Longley's already gone to Sevilla, but he would have been a great signing, as you mentioned previously, Eric, on the pod, um, defensively. So there are players there that really would build, build this side, and I think they would have the resources to bring in five or six, perhaps in the summer, um, if Lacazette and Megan Tuliso go and, and really start to, to develop those players. Because from all Asses' point of view, they, those players at the minimum will have a... a a good resale value in the same way we're seeing with Monaco, perhaps Bakayoko going and perhaps other players going too. So I think that's a good model for sort of the, the, the top third of Ligan to, to, to go with. And I, it'd be good to get your thoughts, Eric, on this as well, because I know you're, you're obviously a, a very avid Lyon fan and it'd be interesting to see what, what your thoughts were. Yeah, I, I do try to remain neutral in terms of, in terms of being uh, on the program and writing, but uh, yes, that's true. No, I think the academy is continuing to do well. I, I really, really like Tussar in particular. I think I think he's a really impressive player, and he can really be a key player for this team going forward. Um, Diakabi, I, I has a, a lot of physical gifts, and he plays with a great enthusiasm, but he's still got a little bit to learn. Um, mm, agreed. I think the center backs are, are all right. I, I think that they do need someone in to replace Nkulu. I don't think that Diop's a realistic option. I, I think that he can. I think that he would have to be head and shoulders above Mamana. And I know Diop's been impressive, but Mamana was capped for Argentina at 18. He's looked really good when he hasn't been hurt, uh, and, and and has done I think very well for a first season in France. So I, I don't have any issues with that. Fullbacks, absolutely. Uh, left back in particular, uh, uh, Morel is is similarly as, as old as Jale. He's, he's 33 later this mm. year, or he already is. Um, Rebus has been a total bust. I, I think that left back and is the position that really needs to really needs to be addressed. Left back, left back, and, and center forward, provided Lacazette does go, are the positions that concern me the most. I think that uh, you keep Ferry, you keep Tusar, and you know perhaps add a add a playmaker. I, I think you're in pretty good shape, but. It's it's going to be frustrating because if Leon can't pro- provide an opportunity to get back into the top three relatively quickly, I think you're going to see more of an axis. You look at Anthony Lopez as, as being someone that that might be frustrated as well, and even, perhaps even veteran a veteran not a veteran player but a, a recent arrival like Depay. If he feels that the project's not going the way he'd like or he's not being used the way he'd like, I could see him going. Um, Fakir, perhaps the same thing. I think that his form and what Liam I want from him in terms of the transfer fee and his fitness also uh, is a stumbling block in that regard. But I think it's it's a very going to be a very tough season, and I think that Leon, as you rightly said, do need to look. You know, I look at a player like Valentin Ranger from from Nantes. Uh, oh, he'd be brilliant. Yeah, yeah he'd be a, a fantastic addition to that midfield, and he's not quite the goal scorer that Toliso is, especially you know as an aerial threat, but. I think that he's the kind of player who, who could be molded into that role, making runs from deep. He's got a, a good eye for a pass, and I, I really like his style. Um, you know, left back's a, another position. I, a player that they've been linked with a couple times that I've seen and is Miguel Ayun from, from Porto. He's not had the best season. He's been out of favor there, but perhaps he could be got at a cut rate there. He's a veteran Mexican international that's got a decent amount of experience. He's very um, good, actually, Lone. I'm a big fan of his. I remember him playing, being very good at the World Cup. I think that'd be a good, a good signing. Yeah, but I mean, there's there, and and also, you know, if the Leon do want to expand in, into into North America more and, and get more attention that way, as they have been getting a lot more attention with Alex Morgan, I think the Mexican market's a decent way to look at that too, from a marketing sense. I don't mean to be too crass, but and there's certainly something to be said for that. So I, I will leave my Leon hat on here to ask this last question. Uh, about the team. Nathan, Bruno Genesio needs to go. I wrote a piece for the site today 
Uh, it addressed his use of, of Nkulu specifically, but he's really someone who doesn't seem to have a handle on things tactically or personnel-wise. And following on from that, Leon had been relatively modest with my managerial appointments. Uh, Hubert Fournier, Remy Gard, uh, have either been internal promotions or managers who don't have that much of an international reputation. Is it time to take the leap, as we've seen with Jardim, with Favre, with, player, with managers who have it experienced internationally? And I know Jardim's somewhat young and doesn't have that long CV, but managers who have demonstrated market success in leagues that, in other leagues, and to develop from that point. Uh, two, two names that spring immediately to mind, and I'll get your, you can feel free to add to this list, are uh, Jean-Pierre Gasparini at, at Atalanta uh, and Pedro Martins at, uh, oh, I'm sorry now, the Portuguese. Victoria, Victoria yeah. Uh, or maybe even Christophe Galtier. I know this sounds incredibly complex, but he would certainly get that defense shaped up and Leon have the attacking players uh, that he didn't have at Saint-Étienne. Yeah, a couple of interesting names there, really. I think uh, Giampiero Gasparini's had an excellent season at Atalanta. He's got a record of, of um, turning sides around, really. And especially this season with that club, they've had so many different young players come through the ranks as well and, and get starts and, and be impressive, especially Frank Kessie, that um, he will be someone that, at least on on current evidence, although he's had campaigns where he's not had so much success, but what Italian manager hasn't really, in all honesty. Um, but he will be an interesting one if this, if this, if he was to be potentially got at. Pedro Martins as well has, has done a relatively decent career in Portugal of, of maintaining mid-table sides and making them possibly push towards Europe as well. So he's another interesting younger coach that's maybe on those same lines of we've seen a, a, of Silva at Hull and, and Conceição at, at none of these Portuguese coaches that have had success in that, that mid-table of the uh, the Portuguese league, maybe transferring over there. That will be an interesting one. Um, Galtier is one probably I have to say no to. Um, he is probably looking for another, at least minor step up or a change of, a change of scenery, but I don't think the Leon fans or, or the Saint-Étienne fans will be very pleased of that kind of appointment. And I don't think... He's quite got the attacking now to really engineer these exciting young attacking players they've got in their final third as well. I'm not so certain on that as I probably would have been uh, two or three years ago, maybe because of what we've seen in the last few years at Saint-Étienne. Although he would have more cash, so it's it's a that's a tough one. I, d I just don't see Olas going for that one. Um, in all honesty, that thinking of other names, it's it's a shame that. We mentioned that Genesio probably shouldn't. Have, I well, I didn't think he should have got the job in the summer. In all honesty, even though he did perform reasonably well, I, I think that they've probably missed a hit on Govanek now, which would have been a popular choice at this moment in time of an exciting young French coach who's now proven that he can do it at Bordeaux as well. He's made them a much better side, especially in the second half of the season. And another name that I've just mentioned in in Conte South had a really successful six to eight months at Nantes. Really turn them around if if this was coming later maybe with him a year and a half at none um you would think of him possibly as someone you would like to see at that at that kind of role so it's an interesting one because it's trying to look around the managerial market for that young uh, exciting man with ideas that we've rattled off a couple of interesting names but they're not necessarily the marquee names that might be taking a leap but that's the that would be the profile i would go for if i was leon which is similar to what they but they really did when they side Fournier, which is uh, exciting, uh, young, interesting ideas, willing to take those young players on and develop them, but also maybe just needs that next step up to the next level of Europa, Europa League slash Champions League football, although it won't be Champions League football next year. But someone like that, they're, they're the right kind of ballpark names that they need rather than promoting from within or uh, simply picking out a name out of a hat again. All right. Let's turn our attention away from Europe and onto the domestic league. We have a fairly big match tomorrow between Saint-Étienne and Bordeaux. Uh, Saint-Étienne can keep their European hopes alive. They're on life support at the moment. But a win over Bordeaux would be put them back in the race, perhaps with Marseille and Bordeaux both facing tricky matches in the next few few weeks. So, Adam, let's talk about Saint-Étienne. Uh, Christophe Galtier, there was a, a couple pieces in the keep this week saying he was gone. Now he's not. He only wants to talk about the match. I think we can safely agree that even if it's not been definitively put out that Galtier is gone. Um, now that being said, 
there's a lot of intriguing young players in this team. Arnaud Nardin, Ornel Pierre-Gabriel's come into the team this season. Dylan Saint-Louise had a decent season on loan in Ligue 2, as has Neil Mopai. Uh, Anthony Maisonal, the young goalkeeper, impressed uh, when uh, uh, Moulin was suspended and Ruffier was injured earlier in the season. They better have a lot in, in these sorts of players to go really a lot more all-in on youth next season uh, rather than bringing in you know, more, more – I say middle-aged players, someone like a Barrich or a Soderlund, uh, players in their mid-20s from other leagues, or to bring in players that had been in France and bring them back in on loan. I'm thinking about the likes of Veritu, who has been decent, uh, and, and Saive. Uh, should youth be this team's focus? And that, keeping with the open-ended manager question, is there a manager you see being a good bet to replace Galtier? Uh, not necessarily in terms of guiding youth, but just in terms of being a good fit for the club and who would relish a step up to a, a team that is well-supported but is perhaps uh, stagnating a little bit in, in recent seasons? Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely going to be an interesting summer uh, at Saint-Étienne. Um, first of all, the, 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 youth, the youth question. Um, I, I, I agree there are some exciting young players coming through. I think Ronald Pierre-Gabriel has been very good. He's, what, before he was injured last week, he started the previous six games and played well in pretty much all of those games. Um, I know Kevin Malk is 25 now, assuming he stays. You know, he's a very, very good player. Could we move forward to a sort of winging position? He's playing at right back at the moment. But the only, the only thing is it depends how how all out they go with youth. I think Nordan's a, a good example of someone who could be more important next season. But beyond the, those players that I've mentioned, I, I'm not sure they've got the academy that other other French teams can boast. I, I don't know that they, they've produced the amount of players to really make it their at least now, for at, least, at least in the immediate future, to make it their policy to, to you know, really blood youngsters from their academy. And I don't know that, I, at least that I've seen, given that Gautier does like to try and do that. I mean, we've seen uh, Lamin Ghazali, who's 17, he got a couple of minutes a couple of, uh, in, against Rennes, and Keita, uh, Havadu Keita, came and uh, played three games in January, and, you know, he, Kenny Rocha Santos has got a few games, he's a young 17-year-old winger. You know, these players have, have been thrown in by Gautier, and, and to mixed to poor results, and um, I know that there are a few of them. Well, my, I'm happy Maika played last week and left back and was good in, in Gabriel's absence. So you know, there's one or two examples, but I don't know if there's the there's the, the generation of players coming through that I would hope. So there's also the fact that they they don't really have the money to to, to spend on 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 you know too many transfers. They may be forced into this youth policy, and and who knows? I mean, there's obviously a, as there are of every. Bigger French, or even Liga and Liga clubs. So there's there's a there's a lot of youth teams, and there's there's a pool of players there. It depends whether those players we haven't seen are, are, are talented, and whether there is a an unknown generation coming through. So there's a couple of caveats to that too. Um, in terms of the the resources, though, it depends whether they they could sort of stretch and look at the other the lower league clubs and Liga clubs and perhaps build their perhaps build in terms of youth in that direction. Uh, which other clubs have done successfully as well. So that there are a number of options there, but I don't know if they've got the resources to really chase um, the type of things that the six sides above them are currently chasing. So it's going to be very difficult for them. In terms of the manager, um, I think, uh, yeah, Gautier looks like he's gone. I think that's the right, as we, as we mentioned in our piece for like, for the Guardian a couple of weeks ago now, that, that, that I, I felt that was probably the right thing to do uh, for both parties. Um, but I've seen a lot of names bandied around, and I think... The, the, the thing that Sinetian need is is a clear direction. I hate to see them go for a run-of-the-mill Liga manager like Fred Antonetti or um, uh, who was Nantes manager, sorry, earlier in the season. Like he's, René Girard? For, Roland Corbis. Yeah, René Girard. <laughs> There's a lot of these yeah, characters those, floating around. Yeah, exactly. Those kind of, you know, the names always crop up for, the sort of, the, for these sort of jobs. And I think that would be a huge step back. They wouldn't have any more resources than Gautier. They wouldn't be any better than Gautier. And, and the club would take a big step back. So I think they have to go for... Either sort of a not let's say a marquee, but signing their manager, but um, someone like Claudio Ranieri, I, I think is a, perhaps an interesting one if they can afford him. I know that again, there's the limited resources, but that would be a lot of fun. I'd love to watch the next season with Ranieri in charge. That'd be great fun. Or they have to go for someone who's going to going to change the philosophy of the club entirely because they've become a bit stale under uh, under Gautier in terms of as we said before, in terms of the attacking third, they're, they're very good defensively, but the, you know the, everything's can make it kind of get stilted and a bit boring. So they need someone who's really going to change the philosophy of the club, change the formation, change the way they play, and if they're going to prioritise youth, then attack. They need to they need to change they need to change it up, and it's very difficult to see who 
in French terms, would be be that man. I mean, uh, Willie Sagnol was mentioned. Uh, I saw, which would be an interesting an interesting oh. choice because he's a bit more attacking and um, a, a little bit more. Um, he's a bit more youthful. He's got. He's a good coach, as far as I remember. He fell apart from him at Bordeaux, but I don't know if that was entirely down down to his 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 tactical now, so his coaching. So I think that might be an interesting one, but. It would have to be someone who would change the philosophy drastically because that's what the club the club need. And um, or, or again, Ranieri would be great fun uh, if they can get if they can get get convincing to to come to to, to Sinatian. But it's definitely a, a crucial decision for for the chairman, and, and hopefully they'll they'll be bold. Uh, is would be would be great to see them make a bold choice. Yeah, I wouldn't wish Sanyol on Sinatian. <laughs> Even as a Leon fan, I I was really unimpressed with him during his brief tenure at Bordeaux. I mean, he was able to get them some decent players because of his name, I think particularly Diego Contento, but I don't, I don't see that being, uh, I think he needs to start over at a lower level if he wants to continue managing in France. What would be your score prediction then for this match tomorrow evening, or this evening if you're listening to this? Uh, one each for me. All right. Nathan? One no Bordeaux. All right. And I'll go with, a 2-1 Saint-Étienne win. Just to keep things interesting in that race. So, two more matches to look at. Uh, we've got Leon hosting Nantes, and it's a, certainly a tricky encounter given Nantes' recent form. Nathan, how does Bruno Genesio approach this match? Does he rotate here? Is the league now become the priority, uh, particularly if Bordeaux do win? Tough one. Um, I would say that yeah, the, give, given where they are in the league, I would pro- may, probably make that my priority ahead of the second leg. I, I I can't see them. They would need to score four to go through or straight away. Three, well, yeah, they would need... Three would mean they would go through, wouldn't they, because they've got the away goal. So they'd need three unanswered goals, which is not going to happen, really. I, I can't see Ajax not scoring it at all, even if they perform relatively poorly, really, given Leon's current defensive issues. So, if I'm Genesio, as long as people are fit, although I, th- I still think there, there needs to be a couple of changes, at least, like we've mentioned, in the defence. Um, Fekir didn't have the greatest of games, really, and that's maybe being a bit kind on the, on him. Um, so, you'd expect Lacazette, and if he's fit, and fully fit, at least, and and Tuliso, if he if he's available to come back into the side. Um but other than that, I would go full strength in this one. Um, they don't want another slip up in the league. If they if if they lose this one and then lose the midweek game, and that opens the door for Bordeaux in the league or Marseille in the league, depending on results, obviously the weekend. And I think completely dropping out of Europe, or at least not being in that sort of automatic Europa League spot, is pretty much makes the season very disappointing. Really, I mean. We can, like Adam mentioned, getting to the Europa League semi-finals is nothing to slouch about. But in all honesty, this this Europa League campaign for most teams has been a bit of a strange one. There's not been a real strength in, in depth of these sides, although there's a few interesting sides that have got plenty farther. But that Leon should have really seen Ajax, even though I I did worry about this uh, the fixture that they should have seen it as something that that was certainly winnable, um, not completely out of the question after the first leg. So yeah. Play the Genesio has to play his strongest side. If he doesn't and he loses, um, it, a job that he's already probably dead man walking for is is, is definitely gone um, because they need that Europa League. The Europa League money will help having the chance to play more of your squad if they fill out the squad a little bit more next season to play in those games in the Europa League and in the league and in all the competitions will only help them grow, especially if they, they try and take that younger player model like Monaco. So, yeah, this is an important game that they need to focus on, really, because not aren't at all the team to sleep on at the moment. So they need to tr- try and play with their strongest side because they're just not in any kind of real strong form at the moment in any in any sense of the word. So play well with what you know will probably bring you the result you need. Now we should be reminded that there is yet to be a disciplinary decision over the match at Bastia, but that fourth place... Is the only Europa League guaranteed spot that fifth place and sixth place, uh, if that is indeed a Europa League spot, do enter at the in the playoff rounds, which start in late July, and that uh, was negotiated by Saint Etienne, but wasn't by Nice. It's a much earlier start to this season, and given that Leon are almost certain to face some upheaval, I think that 
it would be a very dangerous proposition indeed for Leon not to hang on to fourth place. Uh, Adam, what about not? Uh, Sergio Conceição was recently quoted in, in, uh, con in concert with his contract extension, but he's saying he wants to bring in five to six players, and he already has three or four of them identified. Adam, where do you see depth being needed on this team? And are any of these, the, their current players, in danger of leaving? We've mentioned Rangier. Is there anybody else that you see potentially going? Um, first of all, I think it's great that Conzi Sao has signed as that contract extension and because he's been brilliant for now. He's been a, fresh, a breath of fresh air to, to league and he's an exciting coach and he's an interesting guy in press conferences and I think he's an asset to, to the league and it's good to see Nantes playing good football and scoring goals. But as a non, as a, I'm not as a non-fan myself, but as imagine the non-fans of you know, to see them, you know, playing relatively exciting football and scoring a few more goals is, is, a, is a big plus for them having a few years of, and then Michelle De Zakaria not, not scoring any goals at all. Um, so that's a big plus um, for the club and for the league. But um, in terms of where they need to strengthen, interestingly, he wants to bring so many players. I think their squad is very light in terms of numbers, especially in defensive areas. They've got a good back four. Diego Carlos uh, and Coffey Digi have been solid enough at centre-backs, perhaps... They could get an, an upgrade on, on Coffee Digi. I think he's probably the weaker of the two. Either way, they definitely need a centre-back to support those two. I think uh, Vizcarondo, as well as Vizcarondo, although 32, he's, he's, he looks very lumbering. He looks like his time at, at Nantes has come to an end. And I think Conte South made that, made that clear, not even making a squad you know, a couple of games uh, in the last couple of months. So I think he'll leave and they'll need at least one centre-back, maybe even a, another one to, to bolster those areas. And at fullback, I think their fullbacks are good, the bar and 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 and, Luma, and Lima, but again, I need support. I think that the most glaring um, uh, weakness to the squad uh, in general is in in wide areas. They've got it's one area where they've got lots of players, but no real quality. And it's something that was tried. They tried to address in in the summer and and even in in January, where they brought in uh, Sergio. Uh, they brought in Felipe Pardo from Olympiacos on loan, and I think he's actually looked relatively decent when he's played, but. He's been in and out of the team, and I don't know if Contestar really, really fancies him in, in that position. Jules Oloki is very erratic. He's quick, but he's got no composure whatsoever. Alex Kachaniglix has been out, in and out of the squad. He started three games in a row and misses, misses out entirely. Um, and I don't think he's really added anything to the team. Um, Adrian Thomason is a player I like a lot and has played well under Contestar. Um, but I'm not sure Conte Sal fancies him. I think from Conte Sal's point of view, I think he's the best. He thinks he's the best of, the, of a bad bunch, which would be a shame because he's a talented player. And he's even used him at right back in later in games and in certain certain areas. So maybe he sees that as a future for him. Like he's got the stat, he's got the kind of skill set set for that. You know, he's sort of slight and he's quick. And he's a little crosser of the ball. So maybe that's something that he sees him in in the future. And obviously they've got, I mean, Harit, who's, who fell out with Conte Sal and was dropped from the squad entirely uh, over an argument. I think over a, he, was, uh, he went out beyond a curfew, I think, and has only started one game in what, the last 10 or 12 as a result. And we know that he's a very, very talented player, but whether Conte Sal's going to forgive him and you know bring him back into the team for next season is, is another question. He, he may not be there next season as a result. Conte Sal may have sort of lost, lost, lost faith in him, but he's a very, very talented player. So I think they definitely support him in those areas. And, and you, you would you would think that if if he's looking at five or six players, so at least two or three of those would be wide men. I don't I don't see anybody other than Harry and Thompson, uh, uh, Thomason, sorry, being at the being at the club beyond 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 September. They're good in they're good in attacking areas. They'll get Sig Torsten back next season. His future of the club is very much in doubt. He's been injured obviously ever since he's returned from Galatasaray, where he didn't play a game. Uh, Salo and Lukumu up front have scored goals. Um, but in terms of in terms of leaving, Romagnier possibly. I think he'll stay for another season though. He had that terrible knee injury, and I think you know at 22, I think he feels like he he's he's at the right place in terms of his development in, in his career at the moment. So I'd expect him to stay. Um, although you know if Leon come calling, who knows? You'd be tempted, wouldn't you, if if, if you were him? Um, in terms of other players, I I don't know that they're, they're going to lose too many. I I think they've got a relatively They've got a relatively sort of adept squad. It sort of suits them their squad, and I don't know that many many people would would either be wanting to spend the money to prize those players away, or perhaps people like Guillaume Gillet and Lacombe has done well, obviously, but they're both into their thirties. And Gillet, I think he's tight. He's I think he said recently that if Conte Sal stayed, he would stay. So I think their squad is relatively settled. So I think given a few additions, they could you know they could challenge for Europe next next season if Conte Sal keeps keeps his run going. So. Uh, an interesting team, and, and hopefully they'll find a, a bit more pace and a bit more consistency in wide areas over the summer. Yeah, I would really like to see them uh, pushing for Europe next season. I think that's totally within the realm of possibility if they do strengthen, as you mentioned. Um, so what would be your prediction for this match, Nathan? Ooh, um, I'm going to go for a one-all draw. 
Uh, I will go with a 2-1 Leon win. Adam? And I go 1-0 Nantes. Okay. Not have been very good on the road. They are at the sixth best road record uh, on the season, and that's something that's even improved under Conseil style. So definitely as good as Leon are at home, not are equally adept on the road. So finally, let's... Uh, close out with our big match of the weekend. That's Marseille hosting Nice. Nathan, both of these teams turned in big performances last week. Uh, Con, uh, Marseille winning 5-1 away to Con and Nice defeating PSG 3-1 at home. Uh, this match should be highly entertaining given both of their attacking proclivities and abilities. That said, if Marseille win, is it an upset for you given the season and why? That's a, that's a great question. I just want to quickly break off. I've just spotted something on, on Twitter that's coming through now about the uh, LFP decision on the Bastia-Leon game. They're awarding the game to Leon. Um, it's not confirmed what score they're giving in that one, but um, Bastia have also been ordered to play their next three home games behind closed doors and at a neutral venue. So uh, I don't know what <laughs> your two thoughts are on that, if that's fair enough, and no points deduction, which would have definitely relegated Bastia, but... At least that's now sorted and in the books. But answering your question, Eric, sorry about that. But um, would it be an upset? (sighs) Yes, I think it probably would be, given what we've seen this season. I mean, Marseille have completely turned it around from that first five, six games of the season where they were awful. And then they got a little bit of money. They, They brought in a few players and they've really had a real nice upturn in form and have been while a little bit in between in the last couple of weeks, um, sort of flopping between being very good and uh, not so good in in different games, if they were to beat Nice, who've been excellent all season, even though they had a, they had a little bit of a dip after January and then lost a few players, but have remarkably sort of stemmed the tide of losing someone like Cyprian, who's been excellent and player, and it's nice to see um, Paul Bice back now as well, which he's missed big parts of the season, but... I think because of the quality they've shown against, especially the bigger teams, um, Nice this season, they beat Monaco, they've beat um, PSG at home, they've had this terrific home record themselves as well. And the fact that they've sort of continuously defeated the odds and, and maintained a title push right to the end, and it, obviously it looks like Monaco are really going to win the league now with a game in hand and a six-point lead if they do that. If they win that game, it, it seems insurmountable but the fact that they're only three points off Paris Saint-Germain at this stage of the season with three games left is absolutely remarkable and even though and then like I say the re- the other reason you would look at the table and they're, they're, they're 22 points ahead of Marseille which is unbelievable they're 20 points above Lyon that's, which is the next closest team to them that's an absolutely terrific season and they're clearly a, a, a really good team and have been really impressive <sighs> But that's why the question's a difficult one because you think Marseille are a big side and they've they've had a really good second half of the season. I think uh, Tovan was especially excellent at the weekend. He's dipped in and out of being excellent to average, but when he is on form, he's such a good player at the moment. And and the, you can see the confidence flowing back through his veins, the belief in himself, the belief in, uh, in a number of things has really, really returned to him. But... Yeah, it's it's still weighing that weighing weighing the fact they've got Dimitri Payet now weighing the fact that they are obviously in sixth and it's not enormously far off Nice. I still think it's a, probably an upset if they do win this game, but if they do, that might nick them into fourth if other results with difficult games for the other teams go their way. So it's an interesting one, and I, I'm actually really looking forward to this game with the results that happened at the weekend. Both were really entertaining, both were willing to attack, and I think this could be a really really good game on Sunday evening. All right, Adam, let's finish with you. Nice have been superb this season, and as I wrote in The Guardian, much of that is down to their recruiting. That said, given the investment that we've seen across Ligue 1 and Marseille and Lille, even in clubs like Nantes and Lyon, can they afford to let players like Sarri and even Ricardo Pereira, I know he's on loan, go? Given that a return to the Champions League is no sure thing, given investment, given that investment in other clubs. That, that's, that being said, Nice have what might be a difficult... Uh, a chance to return to the to return to the Champions League, and should they really hold firm this season, given the talent they have on hand at the moment? It's, it's a very difficult thing to judge because they're a type of club that, if 
if they get big offers for certain players, Seri in particular, Cyprian, um, a few others perhaps as well, Suke, you know, they they they, they kind of have to, they don't have to because of the money for Europe, but they they'd be perhaps be inclined to accept those offers. Um, in terms of their, so that if if, but I think keeping John Shari would be huge. Um, for me, that would be the most important battle this summer, keeping Seri in the side. They're going to be in the Champions League, they're going to be in the qualifiers, as you mentioned, and it's going to be very difficult for them to get into the group stages. It's possible, and, you know, they, they back themselves, and I think they'll recruit in the summer, they've, as we've seen, they've recruited wonderfully well over the last couple of seasons and done very, very well. Um, but keep John Michel, sorry, because he's a, ty- he's a type of player that they're going to find very difficult to replace. You mentioned Pereira as well. Um, I think, obviously, he's on loan, and I don't think it'd be... A, it, obviously, he's been brilliant this season, but I don't think it'd be a massive loss if they lost him. He's a more replaceable type of player, whereas Seri, given how they play and the way Favre kind of uh, monopolises position when they, they get into leads and they close out games, Seri's so important between dropping in between the centre-backs and, and, and keeping possession and his range of passing, his calmness on the ball. Um, if, if they lost him, he'd be very difficult to replace. So... I think the recruitment, if if they were to lose those players, would be crucial. And I, I'd like to see them make an effort. Well, obviously they're going to make an effort, but really push for this, that Champions League group stage. Obviously, it depends on the draw. It depends who they get. And it, it's going to be a very diff- very difficult qualifying round if they're assuming they're there. You know, it might be PSG in there. We don't we don't know yet. But it's going to be very very difficult to get out of that 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 group phase or that that qualifying round. So I think I think they'll need need Seri. Um, there's, a, there's obviously a lot of questions over various players, Balotelli, for example, um, and their squad can end up looking very different next season. So um, I think keeping the core group together is important and maintaining maintaining that sort of that thread, if you like, in, in their squad, and which is underpinned by their recruitment, which has been very good. So given how they've gone, gone so far, you would have confidence that they could bring in players to at least complement the squad they've got already, which is obviously uh, in the first sort of 15, 18 players, so, you know, it's very good. So I have confidence in to do that, but. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting summer given how well some of their players have, have played this this season and whether they can resist big offers if they if they come in. All right, Seri has been valued at up to twenty million euro. I think it's a pretty impressive return given what Nice paid for him. Uh, but I, I, the reason I ask this question is I, I really think that they have to. I think that there's just going to be too much money spent at Marseille. I don't I don't think that Leon, even if they lose to Lisbon and Lacazette, are going anywhere. And I think they're really given the resources of PSG in Monaco, it's only third place that's in play. And these have to have a almost another per- season as perfect as they have this this one to maintain that. Uh, so I'll go with a 2-2 draw on this. Uh, Adam, what about yourself? I'm going to go one each. Nathan? I'm going to go 3-1 um, Nice. Okay. Hey, gents, that is all for now. Be sure to listen on Monday as you recap all these matches and look forward to the second legs of European action. For Adam White and Nathan Staples, I've been Eric Devin. Please do follow us on Twitter at GFFN. Like, rate, and review us on iTunes and visit our website at www.getphonenewsfrance.com. Thank you and have a pleasant rest of your day.